Welcome to the Patient Flow Podcast, powered by Teletracking, your source for optimized health system operations. The Patient Flow Podcast is designed to be an ongoing conversation about the strategic concerns for healthcare enterprises today. On today's episode of the Patient Flow Podcast, we hop across the pond to meet Claire Nash, the Program Manager at Royal Wolverhampton NHS Trust in the UK. Claire recently presented at Teletracking's 2016 Client Conference and took a moment to sit down with us to discuss the scope of their RTLS system. At Royal Wolverhampton, we've had RTLS installed now for about three years, and we have um, around about 800 beds, so that that means that we've got real-time locating of about 800 patients on any given day. And we've also got around about 4,000 staff badged. We call them badges rather than tags for reasons around um, tags being associated with prisons and house arrests. So... (coughs) We've got patients and, and staff tracked throughout the organisation. So um, what, it's slightly different to in the US because we don't just have single rooms, we have multi-bedded bays. So um, we mark out individual bed spaces using the real-time locating kit, which means that we can pinpoint where patients and staff are interacting at any given time and also for how long, so we know how long someone has been seen or how long it has been since they were last checked on. Uh, Claire, could you share um, any specific stories about how um, RTLS has um, you know, maybe prevented some type of issue for a patient because you were able to track them throughout yep. their time at yeah. your facility? I think there's a number of ways we use it for improving patient safety in real time first of all. So. If a patient walks off the ward unaccompanied, then that um, creates a trigger at the nurse's station and uh, an audible alarm is set off so that nurses know that they need to go and uh, retrieve, that's probably not the right word, but retrieve the patient before they get too far and that's particularly useful for your dementia patients that might want to wander off. And it's definitely reduced the calls to security as a result of having the patients badged at all times. So we can get alerted before the incident happens, which is really useful. We also use it for when patients have been in the toilet or um, you can set it to, to wherever you want, really. If you if they have a habit of wandering into cupboards, you can say that you don't want a patient in a cupboard as well, and it will alarm after 15 minutes of the patient being there if they've not been attended to by a badged staff member. So, again, it's proactively trying to um, ensure that patients are kept safe at all times. Retrospectively, we use RTLS patient-staff interaction data to track um, in incidents. So if a patient has fallen, or and we also use it if a patient gets a pressure rule, so we can check on how many times that patient was seen before and after the incident. So it enables nursing staff to feel confident that the data backs up that they have checked on the patient and that they've, they will have recorded it in the patient notes, but also we've got additional evidence to support that they are where they, where they should be. Claire, could you um, expand upon, you know, like any, any type of change you make, it always takes time to get people to be engaged and embrace it. Uh, could you share some of the things that you've done um, 
to get the nurses on board with uh, shifting to this RTLS yeah. model? So I think it's we've had to think much wider than the nursing team. So we've got 4,000 staff badge. So anybody that comes into clinical contact with a patient on a ward um, has been given a tracking badge because we didn't want to just single out one particular role. So our, our doctors, nurses, physios, OTs, phlebotomists, um, porters, they all wear the tracking badges. So I think, first of all, we've said it, it's not about what you're not doing, it's about the contribution that you can have and that you do have when you're with a patient. So it's about patient safety first, not about Big Brother and where you've been. So. Um, we had to do a lot of communication in the beginning. One thing that we found really useful was setting up um, a small demo area so that we brought staff in to show them how the system worked, what it meant when they wore a badge, they could see how they um, could move around on the on the map, on the wall. Um, and so to start to not just tell them about how it works but actually do some demonstrations to try and allay some fears that, that were definitely there. Um, we use the local newspaper as well to do an article on the system um, because we knew if they got hold of it that the, the bad story would come out rather than the good story and the things that we wanted the public to know as well. Um, and we use the, the story around the button press on the badge so um, as well as being able to track the staff they can also use the badge to call for assistance by using one of the three buttons on the badge that would then trigger either an email alert or an audible alarm again on the nurses station touch screens. So there was lots of things that um, the staff heard about that was not just about tracking them and the patients, it was what was in it for them as well. So we used a variety of ways of communicating that. And of course the executive team were the first to get their badges, so they, and they still wear them today, absolutely they do, um, and I think that helps the staff to see it's not just about them, that even their bosses will wear them as well. Um, Claire, in your presentation you had mentioned about the Safer Patient Flow Bundle. Uh, can you explain what that means? So in the NHS um, we have a number of government targets set for us and, and a lot of those are for the right reasons. So th this particular Safer Bundle was around identifying that we're not achieving our four-hour targets in ED and it recognised that it wasn't because ED weren't doing what they should, it was because we couldn't get the patients out the other end um, of the, of, at the door to make enough beds for those coming in through the ED. So the government have uh, suggested that we use this safer bundle um, and it's around making sure that every patient every day gets a senior review, that's what the S stands for. Um, that every patient has an expected discharge date within 12 hours of, of admission and obviously that can change during their stay but we need to be working towards an expected date of discharge. Um, F is for flow of patients so any ward that would take a patient from the admissions areas has to have had at least two patients, no one patient by 10 o'clock. So it's trying to say, you know, you pull the patients from the admissions areas in order to create more capacity earlier on in the admissions areas and trying to focus on discharging patients out the other day. So um, E is early discharges. We have to discharge 33% of patients before midday. We're getting there and with teletracking we, we can evidence that quite easily. And lastly, there's one around review of patients um, that have um, 
been in hospital for longer than 14, I think it's 14 days. Um, so all of that safer bundle is around getting the patients, um, freeing up the beds earlier so that there's beds for the patients in ED. So originally it was just around, you know, let's create some capacity to try and reduce the ED breaches. But for me it's a lot more about the right thing to do for the patient. And so I'm hoping the safer bundle will support the fact that they shouldn't be sat in hospital when they don't really need to be. I know if I was going home, I wouldn't want to wait till six o'clock in the evening. I want to go home as soon as possible, thank you very much. So I think it's all the right things to do for the patient and the safer bundle and the reports that we can get from teletracking should support that. It's the right thing to do. Great. Um, my final question is a very easy one. Um, if you can uh, share your impressions of being here at Telecon 16. It's my third conference. It's fantastic to be back. Uh, I feel like part of a, um, a wider teletracking family now. Um, it's great to see some faces of um, staff that, I've, that I know well. It's also great to see um, clients that I've met right back at the first conference that are here again. Sad to see a few of my other friends aren't here, which is a shame, but I think the, the value of networking that we get from these events, you know, it's worth flying across the pond for. Um, not just uh, the sessions themselves, but we um, the conversations that we have outside of that. Um, extremely valuable. Hope to be back next year. <laughs> um, and, it, yeah, I think it re-energises you, because I think you get so... Um, busy, being busy at work, that it gives you the chance to stand back and think, actually, we're doing well, we can learn from other hospitals, um, and, and give yourself a chance to think, yeah, we've done some good work, pat yourself on the back, and now what do we do next? What are our next steps that we can take away from the event? So really valuable and very, very enjoyable. Thank you for listening to the Patient Flow Podcast, powered by Teletracking. In the coming weeks, we look forward to bringing you insightful conversations with the leading experts in patient flow and industry best practices to help ensure patients across the healthcare continuum get the right care in the right place at the right time.